Welcome to Murder We Drank, a podcast devoted to Murder, She Wrote, and drinking. I'm Kara. And I'm Travis. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 19, Murder Takes the Bus. If you had told me there was an entire Murder, She Wrote episode that took place on a bus or a bus trip, I'd have said you're crazy. What are you drinking today, Trav? <laughs> Start back with the basics. <laughs> I'm drinking a whiskey sour. And what are you Ooh, having? You said an old-fashioned. Or I'm sorry, it is an old-fashioned, not a whiskey sour. Liar. Old-fashioned. I got confused. It's the old-fashioned. He's only had one. Yeah, one sip. One sip, and he can't even I'm remember a, what I'm he's drinking. I'm having a margarita. And who made these delicious drinks for us? You did, sort of. Tell yeah, the people. Of. So, my amazing, wonderful, sweet wife bought That's me, me something for my birthday, which is in a couple of days. A week two or weeks. two. Weeks. Eh, two weeks. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Focus. She gave me this present early because I happened to guess what it was, and we were both very eager to use it. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure which pronunciation is correct. It's either a Bartizan or a Bartesian, but it's basically a Keurig for mixed drinks mm-hmm. and fantastic drinks. At least the old-fashioned is very good. How do you feel about the Marks? The Marg's good. The Cosmo was pretty good. The Long Island iced tea was very strong. She did not like the Long Island iced tea. Um, so, that's okay, though. So. This... But 10 out of 10 would recommend. Okay. <laughs> it's expensive, but it's worth it. Yeah. The um, episode we watched this week aired March 17th, 1985, St. Patrick's Day episode. Ooh. I know. And there wasn't a single leprechaun in it. Nope. And it lo- is located on the interstate in Maine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't know where. Somewhere between, what, New Haven and Cabot Cove. I know they were going to Boston, but they said next stop, like New Haven, I think they said, and then they had to stop because they had any trouble. No, it wasn't New Haven. Was it New it was Haven? like Newburyport or Newbury, something. Newportberry or whatever. Newportberry. <laughs> Newburyport. Um... So would you count this as an episode of Cabot Cove with the bodies? No. Because it wasn't in Cabot Cove? It, was, it has to be in the town lines, I would say. Okay. I think those are the ground rules we should have. Okay. So the episode opens up where Jessica and Amos are having car trouble, and they're taking a bus to Portland mm-hmm. for the Maine Sheriff's Association banquet dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Where Jessica is going to give a speech. Why was she giving the speech at the sheriff's dinner? I don't know. Probably about crime and how she's a better sheriff than well, Amos. I was going to say it's probably because she's a much better cop than any of the law enforcement officials we've seen in the show so far. Yeah, probably. They're taking the bus to Portland, but it mm-hmm. goes to Boston. That's like it's round trip. Oh, okay. Turnaround. We see um, a lot of interesting characters. Yes, we did. It was like a busload out of one of Jess's novels. How often do you think Jess has to take the bus for her to be like, doesn't so-and-so normally drive this route? For a normal person, a lot. For her... Twice. Two, two trips. <laughs> Maybe three if she's having an off day. But uh, not many. She makes very fast friends wherever she goes. As evidence with the cab driver down in New Orleans. Yes. Lafayette. Lafayette. How could I forget that? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. We find out that the, he, the current bus driver named uh, Ben Gibbons, mm-hmm. tells her that that driver's sick with the flu. Yeah. Turns out that they just switch routes for the day. Mm-hmm. But we meet Rue McClanahan. 
Yeah. And Larry Linville. My favorite character on Golden Girls was Blanche. My least favorite character on MASH was Old Ferret Face. Well, Old Ferret Face <laughs> was not very likable this episode. You know, I've only seen, besides MASH, I've seen Larry Linville in one movie. And now Mauricio. So that makes three things I've seen him in. I don't think he's playing a character. He's not very likable in anything I've seen him in. He's funny, though. Yes, he's funny. In a sad sack sort of way. <laughs> he's very Frank Burns. I don't think that was a stretch of a character for him. I don't think so either. But um, God Ru- rest his soul. Rue McClanahan, Marion is her name. She is a librarian at a college, and her husband is a college math. professor. Math professor, right? Um, or economics or something like that. Well, he likes statistics. Mm-hmm. But they're riding on the bus. The bus is pulling over for every single person that yeah, they I see. Mean, yeah, I mean, were hitchhikers not dangerous back then? What well, the I don't hell? know. Probably, I like, don't know. Look at that guy. He's run his car up into the ditch, and he's got his thumb out. Let's pick him up. <laughs> the prison, okay, I'll give him a pass, because that could technically be a bus stop. Well, there but was like, a sign that said bus stop. Okay. But then the uh, car off to the side of the road, you're going to stop for that guy? Yeah, that seemed a little, that's poor judgment. They could have been letting a murder on the bus. They don't know. They don't know. We meet... So... We meet Cyrus. Yeah. Mr. Bowtie. Mr. Creepy Old Main Sayings. <laughs> oh, yeah. up there, are ya? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything out of his mouth was like a main cliche. <laughs> I know. Well, he was a weatherman, too, so he's like, the storms are lighting up. <laughs> could be wrong. I think there's a cold front coming through. <laughs> It's not British. No, it's not British. That was Maine. Oh, sorry. They're very similar to British, though. Um, so the this guy gets on at the prison. We don't know who he is. Could be a guest. Could be whatever. We find out he is a prisoner who was just released from prison. Uh, that was my first stop. I Me- mean, my money was on a prisoner, not visitor. Um, and... He gets on the bus and sees someone that he is, like, scared of yeah. or making a face at. Freaked, or freaked about a little bit when he little got on the bus. Now, it's pouring rain, and everyone and their brother was soaking wet this episode. Mm-hmm. And even Amos says, I'm getting a cold. Yeah. So That's the, what happens. The road is getting washed out, so the bus pulls into the cozy kitchen. Sounds wonderful. Well, I would love to know what kind of diner this is, because it's a diner, it has an arcade, it has a gift shop. And a bar. And a bar. That's a hell of a setup they've got. But then again, maybe they're like the only thing on the interstate there, It's so. like a truck stop type yeah, of thing? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like an old-timey truck stop. And we just don't see, like, the yeah. rest of it? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I don't think there was more of it, but I think mom and pop run places were probably more common back then. Mm. As far as, like, truck stops go. That's my guess. I don't know. So they all kind of go in, and he's like, shouldn't have sent the help home. But then Jessica's like, can I have some tea? And he's like, oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, well, Gary, uh, Ralph was a nice guy. Ralph was a nice guy. Very nice. And he's quite the baker. I felt really bad that this whole mess was dragged into his restaurant. He's even accused. I know. (laughs) He was literally the only one in the episode who wasn't soaked to the bone for 90% of the time. And the pregnant lady. Oh, yeah, Linda Blair. Yeah. The exorcist. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but he's like literally takes these people in out of the wet and they have the nerve to like, you're a suspect. Yeah, I know. No, he never stepped foot outside the diner. So we meet Steve and his wife. Something's up with Steve from the get-go. I and she's pregnant and you can tell he's got something up his butt. Yeah. Um, he's very ornery from the start. He is very ornery from the start. Um, and we see Steve and the prisoner, we don't know his name yet, arguing on the bus. Mm-hmm. Turns out Steve wants money from him. Yeah. Because he assumes that, you know, the guy they just picked up in front of the prison is walking around with 200 grand in his pocket, apparently. Right. I mean, where did he think he was going to get the money from? A cashier's check? I don't know. Kept it in the prison wallet. <laughs> For 15 years? <laughs> well, you do what you gotta do when you're in the clink. <laughs> oh my god. Um, let me just say something, though, before we move on. I wrote a quote down from Larry Linville to Rue McClanahan, and it says... Because she's saying, oh, well, my husband knows all of these useless facts. Mm-hmm. It's clutter, if you ask me, or whatever. And he yeah. said, better, better a little clutter than an empty attic. Yeah, that was... That was pretty harsh for him. That's super mean, but also librarians have to be really smart. Yeah. I was impressed. I mean, she knew that book was a rare, valuable book just by looking at it. No, they have to be super smart. I mean, they have to have a master's degree, which, yeah, says a lot. I mean, you have to be smart for that, but they have to know, like, a lot. Yes, they do. So I I know a couple librarians. Chill, Larry. (laughs) Um, He's probably got a little PTSD from the war. Maybe. (laughs) Jessica orders a slice of apple pie, and Amos orders a slice of pie and a slice of cheddar. Okay. Why is that a thing? I don't know, and I've only ever... I think about this episode at least once a week, where he orders a slice of pie and a slice of cheddar, and I can't get over it. It's apparently a thing, because I've It's definitely a thing, because one time we were... Hundreds of times. We've... I... We were, like, out somewhere, and they had that on the menu, and I was like, is that really a thing? I thought that was just on Murder, She Wrote, and my mom, like, started laughing at me, because I was also, like, mm-hmm. 13 at the time. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's a fair question, I feel like, though. I mean, that doesn't seem like it should be a thing. Why would you put a slice of cheese on an apple pie? I don't know. Ice cream? Sure. I think we need to go to a diner and do some research. I don't want to do that. I don't want to eat cheese with my pie. What if it's delicious? And what if it's... What if it's a game changer, like dipping your grilled cheese into blue cheese dressing? 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, my, my wife invented that. Fantastic idea, by the way. I just can't. I think we should try. You can try it. I'll have All ice right, cream. Fine. Well, we can't share the pie? Uh, One bite. You have to have a no thank you helping. Yeah. Call Ricky. We're coming in. (laughs) Would you guys try a slice of apple pie and a slice of cheddar? Let us know. Yeah. I don't get it, but apparently it's a thing. While Amos goes to see if he can call Portland, Jessica goes back on the bus to get a book. Mm -hmm. Now, she said, I wonder what happened to that book. And she goes back to the bus. Is she going to take the book from the prisoner to read while they're waiting? Oh, I thought she was looking for a book she had brought. No, because she goes over to his side of the bus. Maybe she was going to ask to borrow it. Why doesn't he want to read it? I don't know. Well, he clearly wasn't reading it. All the pages were uncut. 
Well, she doesn't know that until she looked at it. True. I don't know. Maybe she thought he would like to socialize because he's been in jail all those years. Because he didn't have 15 years to socialize. And he misses people. He's been in prison for 15 years. So he misses people that aren't homicidal maniacs that might shiv him in in the shower or something. Um, she finds the body. Mm-hmm. Daddy one up for Jess. Yeah. Puts us up to five. Um, she gets Amos. Mm-hmm. And she says, you or I or one of them. Which I thought was a very weird thing to say. Yeah, I... Clearly Amos didn't do it. And yeah. clearly you know you didn't do it. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Maybe she was just trying to be fair. Maybe. Cover all the base. I don't, I don't understand that either but, but i thought that was a weird thing to say which I mean, it seems in the theory of jessica being the serial killer it was a very strange thing to say oh it's even stranger when you think about that yeah but that theory is crazy well, not in this episode no she clearly didn't shank the guy she clearly didn't do it but she could have yeah i suppose so in the theory of her finding the body she could have done it yeah i guess so they show the screwdriver sticking out of the neck. My first thought, I'm very proud of myself. I thought, oh, there's no blood around that. Very good. Did you notice the grease? I noticed that there was grease on his collar, but I didn't think too much of it until later on when Jess goes like, oh yeah, he's wearing a new suit, new shoes. I just thought it was a filthy old suit. Oh. Like, that was my first thought. I didn't think greasy handprints. They went through his pockets. They find out he was part of a bank robbery in Augusta where um, someone was killed and an innocent bystander. The other guy who was killed ends up being Steve's dad. Mm -hmm. So Steve, they all go back inside after Marion finds the body with them. She like walks in and she's like, ah! I mean, don't get me wrong, I would be shook, Mm -hmm. but she was like... Yeah, she uh, did not take it well. But I don't think I would take it well either, but it's a TV show, like, move on. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Okay. It's not like it was bloody. A lot of sympathy there. Could have been worse. Well, the the blood was all pooling around his feet. And his booty. Yeah. Do you think he swelled up? Like, his pants started getting tight? No. I'm kind of surprised there wasn't any blood on the screwdriver, though, just because, like... Well, some idiot probably wiped it off. I mean, they were passing it around like it was friggin' show and tell. Well, I would would assume there wouldn't be any blood on it if it was, like, hours and hours and hours Mm -hmm. of him sitting there. But it was probably, what, like a half hour? If that. The body's not even cold yet. Yeah. No, it was very sudden. He hadn't been there long. Rigor mortis would not have set in that quickly. Well, no, it wasn't rigor mortis. It was... That's when the blood settles. I thought that was when the joints and everything stiffen. Yeah, because the blood's not moving. Oh. Uh, I don't know. No, the clearly rigor mortis hadn't set in yet because Jess touched him and his head flopped over. <laughs> no, he'd been dead. He was probably still warm. I'm not laughing because his head fell off or, like, fell off. Okay, for the umpteenth time, people's heads do not just fall I'm not off. laughing because you said his head flopped over. It was very sad he's dead. I'm laughing because I was thinking about that thing we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, where the guy's head fell off. Yeah. Yeah. Heads don't fall off. They're knocked off. They don't fall off. 
So they all go back inside, and Jessica's like, what were you doing? What were you doing? What were you doing? Well, and Steve was like, nothing. I was just talking to him. First, though, she turned to Amos and be like, I think we need to investigate. You think? I mean, I know Amos isn't the greatest cop out there, but I don't know. I felt like Jess had to kind of push him into investigating. Just his arm a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Steve denies arguing with him. We find out his name was something Stoner. What was his first name? I forget. I didn't. Once I found out he was the corpse, I didn't even write his name down. Okay. Well, Stoner. He's dead, so, you know. And so he denies arguing with him. And the bus driver says he was working on the engine the whole time. There's no blood on the screwdriver. All suspicious. Then Steve's wife comes over and waddles over with her big pregnant belly. And she's like... She was that big. She wasn't that big, but she was clearly pregnant. Yeah. Um, That's when we find out Steve's dad was part of the robbery. Mm -hmm. And an innocent bystander was killed. Yep. We don't find her name out. Or even that it was a her until later on, though. Right. So, Jessica and Amos start looking for clues, and um, they're on the bus, and Amos sees the damper switch was on. He's like, oh, I know all about buses. I drove a bus for one summer. Because of course you did. Because, number one, (laughs) of course you did, and number two, that doesn't mean you know everything about buses and engines and how everything works. I've driven cars since I was... 16 years old, I don't know jack about them, other than where the gas goes. And washer fluid. And the washer fluid. That's it. I could probably change my own oil if I really had to, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he apparently knows everything about buses. Well, every bus ever made has been the same, you know that. And Jessica (laughs) decides to take a stroll in the pouring rain around the building. Yes. Around the truck stop. uh, How she didn't scare the hell out of poor Ralph when she snuck in the back door of the diner And he's just waving. He's like, hey, want a sandwich? (laughs) He's a nice guy. Making bologna. You had a little chuckle. I did. It was funny. (laughs) It was just, he was so nonchalant, like that happens ten times a day to him. People just wander in the back door of the kitchen and be like, oh, hey. (laughs) I mean, how often could that be? I don't know. That would have scared the hell out of me. Um... And Jessica finds the suitcase. Uh, yeah, out in the pouring rain. She looks up, and Steve is just standing there, staring at her. I wouldn't even As say... As the lightning lights I, I wouldn't lights even up say he was standing there. He was, like, hunched over, ready to spring or something, it looked like. I thought he was going to try to murder her or something. It was creepy. Yeah, it was. It's supposed to be. I understand that. Yeah, but And then yeah. he's like, I want to talk to you. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk to her. She's J.B. Fletcher. Well, I think he just feels bad because he was like... A dick? Yeah. Well, and she I wants... I feels that way a lot. Yeah. Jessica wants to know how he knew... What's his name? was going. Stoner was going to be released. Mm-hmm. It was in the paper. It's like, oh, that's no secret. And he whips out the newspaper clipping out of his pocket. Right. Which I also feel like when things like that happen, family members are notified when that person would be paroled. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Um, so. Hmm, that could be. Anyway. Amos says, he said he knew a half hour ago who did it. I don't believe that for a second. 
Amos is not that sharp. He he's says, a very nice man, but he's a lousy cop. He says that Ben killed Stoner because Julie was his daughter, who was the innocent bystander who died that day. Yeah, yes. Which makes sense. I buy it. Mm-hmm. Jessica says, no way, no how, no sir. So is Jess wrong? No, I just don't think the 45 minutes were up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she was just kind of playing along? Maybe? No, I think that she... I don't think she knew right away. Because, like, what happened makes sense. But she even admitted, though. She said that Amos was right all along. So why did she say no? That's not how it because, happened. Well, it's because she genuinely didn't think that's how it happened. But then at the very end, she said, Amos, I'm so sorry you were right all along. And I'm sorry I doubted you. Mm. That's a big person right there. She was the bigger person. But she says that it couldn't have been Ben because there was no blood on the screwdriver. But again, passing it around the diner like it was show and tell. Right. Then the captain picks it up. Everybody touched it, almost. I think it was just Amos who had a handkerchief around it, and then the captain picks it up, and he's like, she's right. Like, yeah, we can tell. Yeah, but didn't Ralph pick it up, too? We're looking at this episode 40 years later, and we can tell there's no blood on it. We don't need to pick it up. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the... What what do they call it? The um, chain of possession or whatever? Chain of custody. Chain of custody. It's just out the window. I mean, they're just in every episode. Right. They have no problem just letting anybody touch anything at a crime scene. Right. It's ridiculous. And then Ralph is like, oh, I have a CB radio. Yeah, why didn't you bring that up like, mm, I don't know, the minute the guy got stabbed in the neck and we know the phones weren't working. Right. Because Ralph did it. So we forgot to mention... That earlier in the episode when the guy, uh, his car is off the road, Mm -hmm. he gets on and Jessica sees he has a gun. Yeah. Gary or Carrie or whatever. I'm going with Gary. I think it's Gary. So Jessica was like, why do you have a gun? Pointing it out to every single person in the room for one. Point blank. Why are you strapped, bro? Jess, love ya, but that was silly because you could have just pulled him aside. You know you didn't kill him. You could have just been like, why do you have a gun? Yeah. I mean, it's not like the people in the diner weren't freaked out enough already. Right. Now you got to go throw that on top of it. Right. I mean, dumb, but love you, Jess. <laughs> so it turns out that he says he is a jewelry salesman, insurer, yes. something. Uh, a sale, a traveling salesman, and that's his sample case, and he has to protect it. But then he leaves it on the table when he goes to yeah, do the CB radio. Yeah, just walks off, and leaves it on there. Turns out he's a private investigator for the insurance, insurance company, company. Yeah. that was robbed. Trying to re- recover that 200 and, or no, it was like half a million, I think. Yep, half a million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Even now. Mm-hmm. Well, he comes up short because he doesn't get his money. The prisoner did not have a half a million dollars on him. Well, he had the key. True. I'm kind of surprised they stashed the money in a safety deposit box somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why would he keep the key with him in prison? What if he lost it? What if 
there was a riot or a lockdown and somebody stole the book or it was destroyed or the key got lost or something, then you can never get that money again even when you get out. I would give it to, you know, a relative or something. Like, hey, hang on to this for me. The book or the key? The key. Like, or both. Give him the book with the key in it or whatever. Well, just considering like, he's a bank robber, I'm assuming his family is not the type to just, like, hold on to his stuff and not, either A, not sell it for something else, mm, yeah, or B, not snoop through it, or C, true, he has any family at all. That's true. You're probably right. Then bury it in a mason jar in the backyard or something. I don't know. Seems like a bad idea. I just feel like I would want to keep it with me. I feel like it would be the safest with me. I guess. Of course, though, if they put it, the book, into his personal effects when he was checked into the jail, then it would be in the right. uh, box and storage, so that might be okay. Right. Okay. Maybe that's what they did then. Let's go with that theory. Which is why it was never read. I mean, I don't care how bored you are in prison. If you have a book sitting there, yeah, you're going to read it. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what I would say. Okay. That's plausible? Yeah, it's pretty plausible. All right. Let's, go, let's run with that theory. So, Jessica kind of calls him out on it, and she's like, if you're so worried about this jewelry, you have to carry a gun, why would you just leave it laying around? Yeah, there's people with sticky fingers and deep pockets everywhere. They could take it and leave you holding an empty case. Yeah. She's trying to teach I mean, you. she's right. She's just trying to teach the young man a lesson. She's right, technically. She's, she's very right. I don't think she was wrong to call him out at all. I mean, at least that time she did it in private. Right. <laughs> Not in the middle of a crowded diner. And Jessica goes back on the bus to see that Stoner was in the wrong seat. Mm -hmm. They go one row back and see the book and his overcoat. Yep. Take it back to the diner. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, like, moving parts in this, even though they're, yeah. like, in the same spot. Yeah, they don't go far, but there's a lot of on the bus, off the bus, carrying stuff around. And, yeah. yeah. And they go through the book. That's when they find the key. And the power goes out. Because of course it does. Of course it does. The pregnant woman says, this reminds me of camp when I was a kid and we were telling ghost stories. And Cyrus says, and I quote, Mr. Creepy Old Main Guy. <laughs> this time the monsters are real. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> Why'd you say that? Where's my note here? Um, creepy Main Guy keeps being creepy. <laughs> That's what I wrote down for that comment. He wasn't creepy to me. It was no, just he, like he couldn't read the room. He kept saying weird shit, though. Like, totally unprompted. Yeah. Gun goes off. We all knew that was going to happen, though. In a struggle. Gary ends up getting shot in the arm with a flesh wound. Yeah, it was barely a graze. Like a paper cut. Yeah. Drama. <laughs> you big baby, walk it off. Drop some dirt in it. Put a band-aid on it and get back to work. The CB radio is smashed to bits. Okay, how did the CB get smashed very thoroughly, I yeah. might add, and they didn't hear that commotion? No, I think they knocked, he knocked out Gary mm -hmm. and smashed the radio and then shot him. Because they were only alerted to the gunshot. But even still, that CB radio, it looked like somebody took an axe to it. How did they not hear that? I don't know. 
I mean, I don't think the cozy kitchen was that big. Otherwise, it couldn't be considered cozy. Apparently, it's huge. It's got an arcade. It's got a gift shop and a bar. And our, speaking of the arcade, um, I think Steve said he was playing Roadhog. No, that was Larry Linville. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's some interesting mathematical principles in the game or something he said. So, um, he was back there playing the game. Is Roadhog the same game that Jess and... Yeah, I think so. Is it the same one? I think that so. she was playing way back? With the continuity, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Did you like that? I did. I, I enjoy things like that. I'm glad they carried it forward. Yeah. Do you think we'll see it again? I can't remember. We keep an eye out for it. We keep an eye out. Okay. <laughs> um, Jessica's help helping to clean Gary's wound. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, that hurts. Oh, da, da, da. Well, oh, baby. God. I mean, first of all, you were shot. Like, yeah, it's going to hurt. Second of all, if it's being cleaned, again, it's going to hurt. Imagine if it gets infected. Then it'll really hurt. It's going to hurt when they cut the arm off because you get gangrene. So the captain, Captain Downing's like, oh, you got to take care of your men. Captain in quotation marks. Yeah. Way. Stereotypical captain outfit. I know. He's geez. like he Googled what captains wear. Decided to that. Well, it was 1985. He didn't Google it. He looked it up in the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Under sea captain. Sea. <laughs> sea captain. Yeah, sea captain. With his weird jacket and... Uh, it was a peacoat. Those are very warm. I used to have one. A peacoat and a captain hat. Captain's cap. Now the book's missing. And he even grew an Ernest Hemingway beard. Yeah. He does this knot on his arm. That was a big clue to Jessica because she's very in tune to her knots. Crazy observant. Well, that's good, Jessica. Good for her, though. That's, that's an important thing when you're in her line. You know, world's greatest detective in all. Mm-hmm. The book's missing. Mm -hmm. Jessica pretty much immediately is like, Marion took it. <laughs> is it Marion or Mar Miriam? Marion. Marion? I think. Okay. Well, we'll go with that one. Um, the phones are still out. The roads are too dangerous to leave. They're all flooded out. They're stuck there till morning, mm -hmm. pretty much. At least. And someone's like, you'd think that the police would stop by. Yeah, no, why would they? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's raining. We better go check all the local diners. Let's check the cozy kitchen. God knows there might be a murder up there. <laughs> I mean, Cabot Cove seems to be the... The cat murder capital of that world they live in. But you don't see the cops rolling around there just randomly searching places for killers. Amos doesn't even do that. Yeah, and he's the sheriff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe the state police will show up. No, no, they won't. <laughs> Why would they? Idiots. <laughs> Sold fashion's very good. I'm so glad. <laughs> so, turns out the book is worth a lot of money. $2,000 nearly. Yeah, that's like a okay amount of money, but like, well, apparently, how hard up do you have to be? Apparently, Marion, Marion, and Ferret Face are very hard up for money because she is always talking about how they have. We can't even afford to have a child, and um, Jane, Linda Blair, is like, well, what makes you think we can afford it? Right. Well, yeah, there's that, but also, what. How Plus hard up do you, like, if it was, like, $200,000, I'd be like, yeah, that's a decent chunk of change. But two grand, I feel like, isn't worth well, I th compromising a murder investigation for. Well, one, I don't think she was thought she was compromising a murder investigation. 
And two, she flat out says, well, what's a dead man need a book for? Which is technically correct. I mean, I suppose in her mind of thinking, it's like when a soldier steals the boots off a fallen enemy or something because they need boots. He doesn't need them. He's not walking anywhere. So do you think that it was wrong she took it? Um, yes, but mainly because of the reason she took it. If she were to see the book sitting there and she's like, oh, I love that author. I really want to read the book. He's dead. No one will miss it. I'll take it. That's one thing. But to steal it for financial gain, that's that's another. That's wrong. Do you agree? I agree, but I just wish they had made it like more worth her while. Yeah, but two grand, even today, that's a fair amount of money to just let's stumble upon, let's say. Back in 1985, that was two grand bought you a lot more than it does even now. I guess. So there was a, a, a fair amount of money back then. I don't know. She's like, it's $2,000. Well, it's because the, the jacket was all tattered. Jessica accuses Downing at first. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I couldn't have killed him. He was already dead. And he was like, why would I kill him? Like, his points made so much sense. Because he's like, why would I kill him when I know I'm stuck here? Why would I kill him when I know I'm going to be the first one to be looked at? Why would I kill him when the second the police show up, they're going to realize who I am or who I'm I'm not who I say I am? And Jessica's like, true. Make good points. Might be. I feel like Jess might have been a little bit off her game this episode. Well, she was distracted. It's all rain. Maybe she was nervous about the speech. Maybe. Although once you realized she wasn't going to be making a speech, you'd think she would have gotten over it. You would think, but who knows? Um. That's when she says, "Amos, you were right all along. I'm so sorry." How could I ever doubt you? How could I ever doubt you? You're never wrong ever. You're not an incompetent pile of crap. It turns out that Ben did strangle... Ben did the deed Stoner, and then knew he would be a suspect, so he went on and stabbed him again later. So he confessed to the stabbing, knowing that that wouldn't be the cause of death. I've got to say, I'm a little surprised he thought that far ahead. What makes you say that? That seems to me like the type of thing some criminal mastermind would come up with. Not a lowly bus driver who's just out to get some revenge. And if what he says is true, he just, he didn't want to hurt the guy. He just wanted to get on the bus and like confront him and say, Hey, you murdered my daughter. And I don't know, get a apology, I guess. Or yeah, maybe, but I I genuinely believe he did not actually intend to murder him at first. No, I agree. I definitely agree. And when um, Stoner's like, oh, she was just a stupid kid that got in the way. Yeah. I did my time, whatever. And that threw him into a blind rage. That threw him into a rage. But at the same time, like, he shouldn't have said she was a stupid kid. Like, that's messed up. Well, But he did serve his time. Yes, he did. So at the same time, like, yeah, he shouldn't have been saying those things, but he also served his time. And I do like how Ben said I was no better than he was. Yeah. So, but my my thing, though, is I'm surprised he had the 
um, the thought process that said, hey, go back and stab him now that he's already dead. And then you can confess to the stabbing and they'll find out he was strangled to death and you'll be off the hook. Right. Which, yes, but you won't. That's technically mutilating a corpse, I think. But that's neither here nor there. It's like way less severe of a crime. Well, that's true. But I'm still shocked that he was smart enough to come up with that. So why didn't Downing say, or whatever his real name was, why didn't he say way back forever ago, I went back on the bus and he was already dead with no screwdriver? Then he could have still been, then he still could have been like a captain. Maybe. Or whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe he was worried that if he said something, people would start looking at him closer. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe I... the, he was worried people wouldn't believe him. That's all I can come up with. But Jessica even said there's no blood on the screwdriver. Well, no. I'm talking about maybe Jess, or not Jess, maybe everyone wouldn't believe him when he said, oh, I got on the bus and he was already strangled. Maybe they're thinking, yeah, right, you got on the bus, you strangled him, you're saying he was already dead, so you're not a suspect. Because I mean, think about it. If you walk into a room and you leave the room and somebody else goes in and there's a dead body in there, they're automatically going to suspect you, regardless of what you say. Whether you say, oh, well, I went in there and they were already dead, or I went in there and strangled them. But they believed him when he said he was already dead towards the end. I don't know why they would believe that. I really don't. Because he made good points of being like, why would I do that when I'm stuck here? And they would suspect me. I guess, but still. Unless he thinks it's like reverse psychology and was like, why would I do that when you know I'm like stuck here? I don't know. And I would be the number one suspect. That would be so dumb that I did it. If you were any sort of sea captain, you would have gotten in his boat and floated away. It's true. There was a lot of water. There was a lot of water. No, I don't. I don't know. I um, I don't have an answer for you. Well, turns out Jessica won the big screen TV. I want to know how big it was. Probably not very. Twenty four inches. It makes me think <laughs> of the plasma in the office that Michael Scott has. Oh, the little computer monitor. Hanging <laughs> yeah. Get <on> <laughs> <laughs> mounted on the wall. It's 24 inches, that bad boy. <laughs> and it was a big screen, not a flat screen. Yeah. It was just a... That would have had a giant TV. Yeah. Because that's what JB loves, is watching yeah. TV. Does she even own a TV? Um, Upstairs she does, and in her kitchen. Oh, that's right, yeah. She does in her room, I think. Um, Yep, so they missed the whole banquet. I don't think Jess was that upset about it. No. Amos was all Amos upset that he missed off. the fruit cup and the, the potatoes, hors d'oeuvres. The potato soup. The potato soup. I'm not going to lie. When he said potato soup, uh, I thought about um, Panera's loaded baked potato soup. I wanted some. Mmm. Good stuff. So, that's the end of another episode. Um, I didn't notice a... Well, I didn't, I didn't write down any mind your own business or blatant sexism well do you think it was sexism the way that fair face was talking to his wife or do you think it was just no, I, think it's just abuse? I think it's just domestic abuse domestic abuse isn't a joke it's not a joke but i don't think it was sexist i think he was just 
just an ass. Yeah. I didn't think there was any sexism either. No. I mean, everyone was very fairly respectable towards each other in this episode. Except for when uh, Rue McClanahan was talking about Jane and she was like, so you say, and Jane was like, what's that supposed to mean? Yeah, it's just kidding. Tempers were a little high. Well, that's understandable. They were all soaking wet, cold, tired, scared for scared, their lives. yeah. You know. So sexism zero and mind your own business is zero? I think maybe we could put the sexism at one. Mainly for the, I'd rather have a cluttered, cluttered But I don't think that's sexist. I mean, it's not like he was like, you're dumb because you're a woman or whatever. Yeah, I guess. Like, I just think that's rude. As a personal insult, not a... Not like the guy at the insult. place today that was like, I'd like to see you in a bikini. Oh, yeah. Let's not tell that story. Well, that was pretty much it. <laughs> I didn't like it. He didn't say it to me. I just didn't like hearing it. He was yelling it across the crowded parking lot to another woman. Yeah. yeah. So, the body count is now at 22 mm-hmm. to 2. Yeah. And the count of Jess found the body went from 4 to 5. Kiss count remains at 1. Or Jess. Nibbling count remains at four. Yep. Sex is on mind your own business or at zero. This episode. This episode. Yeah. What did you rate the episode? I actually enjoyed it. I really did. Um, a big part of that was... Did that, you know who... Could you figure out who did it? Well, I wrote down that um, Ben did it in Revenge... Mm-hmm. And then he confessed to it. I'm like, no, that's not it. So I thought I had it, and then I did have it, but I thought I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't have it. Um, Which is a good plot twist. It was. It was a very good plot twist. I, yeah, I it, I thought for sure he was a red herring. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I really enjoyed the episode. I did not figure it out as well as I would have liked. But I gave it... Um, Seven of ten neck screwdrivers. Neck screwdrivers? Neck screwdrivers. Did you think that was pretty graphic for this show? No. I wouldn't say it was graphic. I mean, had there been more blood? Like, they showed a close-up of the screwdriver sticking out of his barely neck. Um, there wasn't a hint Yeah, of I feel blood. like in actuality it was sticking out of, like, the top of his shoulder. Yeah, it looks like somebody... Which wouldn't even be fatal. Yeah, it looks like somebody stabbed him in the collarbone. <laughs> but they kept saying, oh, stabbed him in the back of the neck, which, all right, whatever. Just for <laughs> continuity's sake, we'll stick with neck. Um, no, I didn't think it was overly graphic. I mean, they, there was no, literally no blood anywhere in the episode. Yeah. Well, other than, um, when What's-His-Face got shot. Gary. Gary. Yeah. That was it. But no, I, I thought it was a pretty good episode. No, it was like barely any. I enjoyed it. What'd you give it? Nine out of ten. Nine? Nine out of ten apple pies and cheddar. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is one of the episodes, like, season one, there are, there are a few episodes that I always think of, and this is one of them. Is it? Yeah. Because of Larry Linville and Rue McClanahan? McClanahan? <laughs> Um, that's part of it, but I just also really like the episode. Yeah. They had some really, for the time, really... Big names. Big names in there, yeah. yeah. Lin- um, Larry, Larry Linville and Rue McClanahan. I really, I, this episode, like, I always think about it. I, when I think about season one, 
this is one of the ones that come like every season I have a, a few episodes that I always think of mm-hmm. when I think of that season. This is one of them for season one. Um I'm trying to think. The We're Off to Kill the Wizard. That's a good one. I like that one. The one I think that might be my favorite so far. Yeah, I know you love that one. The one with the hypnotist. It was a pretty good one. I think about that one. I think about the Sherlock Holmes one. I mean, I think I obviously have seen all of these a million times, but the ones that feel like, oh, season one, what are some good episodes? They they stick it. These are the ones I would say. Yeah. No, I get it. Um. She's perusing her notes. I am looking through my notes. Lovers and Other Killers with Creepy David. I think about that one, too. Ugh, Creepy David. How could you forget Creepy David? It's a dog's life with Teddy. Well, the way that Teddy... We, we referenced that episode a lot in this house. The way the way that Teddy is the one who technically killed... Oh. ...is what I think about. Like, so the way that, like, he... It wasn't the giant dog dick who went off to become a stud... At the dog farm. No, that that's is not the not, part that sticks that's out. That's not what sticks out. But, like, the way that the killer trained him. Yeah, that was pretty. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. We can't even get our dog to shake on command reliably. Yes, we can. He's a good boy. Mm-hmm. But, the, the, like, season one, those are the ones I think about. Okay. We only have three more episodes until the finale. The season's over. Are we going to have a season finale party? Sure. Okay. You're all invited. <laughs> we could do something like an Instagram live or something. We can talk about that. If someone thinks that would be a good idea, let us know. Okay. Um, follow us on Instagram at Murder We Drank Pod. You're gonna put some nice stuff up there from this episode. I took a couple I've, videos towards the end. I think I saw you recording a few things. Sometimes I get too into the episode. Yeah. And I forget. No, that's okay. Um, I mean, this is one of your passions in life. <laughs> Murder, She Wrote. Not the podcast. <laughs> Yet. I do enjoy it, but Murder, She Wrote more so. Have we mentioned how long this is going to take us if we do one episode a week? Five years. Yeah, so buckle up, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Facebook at Murder We Drank Discussion Group Podcast. Please let us know if you're not able to find it. We've gotten a couple more likes this week. Yeah. That's good. And um, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify so that other people can find us and you can tell your friends. Or wherever you might be getting your podcast from. I'm sure there's other sources. Um, But that's it for this week. It's been fun. Bye. Bye.